Hi, this is Kevin Martin. I'm here with Jennifer Phillips Russo, and this is Between the Vines. Thank you again for joining us. We wanted to reach out this week and talk again about a, a few different things, but I think what is still on everybody's mind is that ice that is behind Jennifer, if you're looking at this on YouTube, uh, we, we did certainly have some frozen buds. And in addition to that, we had another somewhat unexpected frost event last night. Uh, Sunday night. So this is continuing and ongoing, which is not super surprising when everything starts to happen very early. But we want to talk about what we're seeing so far and a few other issues related to trying to do an assessment and where we go from here. And then we want to talk about uh, some small business administration updates related to COVID and money that's available to farmers and other businesses. Uh, so both of those things we're going to cover today. And as far as Frosty Buds, I'm going to turn it over to Jen for now. Yeah, thanks. I get to be the ray of sunshine. Hi, everybody. So as most of you are aware, on April 22nd and the wee hours of the morning of that day, we did experience a freeze event. And that is what this picture was taken from. Thanks to our team member, Kim Nappenberger, went out and took some of those at Claro. We also had one last night. So temperatures around that time in like in Versailles and Cat County hit down to 25 degrees Fahrenheit and they were frost pockets all over the belt. We at Claro went down under 28 or below 29. Actually, we were in the 28s. So, yeah, we know that there's damage out there. I've heard people growers calling in that even their secondaries are dead in some of their farms which is a little bit surprising, but not when you look back at the weather and see that they hovered at very low temperatures for the buds must have just pushed at that point in time and killed the primaries. And this last event got the, got the secondaries on that. Yeah, it sounds like at least in a few different areas that perhaps what we were looking at in certain places, and I'm guessing this is, although I guess we don't know yet because those assessments can't quite be done yet. And I think right. we'll get to that. But some of those buds were actually secondaries and there were some, you know, 21, 22 degree evenings that killed some primaries potentially that were just just starting to swell up. Is that what was going on? Do you That's think? That's exactly I mean, what we think yeah. is, was going on at that point in time. And we always say compared to the information that we have in the research that once buds, bud swell starts, you have around that 28 degree. So it had started and it was much lower than that. So. Right. And I, I think the chart you shared last week, and you know, you, you can probably see this on the YouTube page, but it's sort of indicated that 22, I, th I think, is actually in the range when they're tight and closed, but well out of dormancy and just starting to uh, become active. That's at least how my recollection is. Yes. No, you are okay. correct. I right. was trying to see while we were talking if I could quickly find that photo and pick it. Oh, here it is. And this is this is really not something we see very often because normally we don't get stuck at that at that level of um, development because to move from from those bud scales to opening often only takes a few days. So. We, we, we really don't see damage at that 21 degrees this late very often because usually that occurs late and they open up right after that and then you're only good to 28. Yeah. So that so, that's concerning. I mean, it's a good thing they have tertiaries, I guess, but that's not going to be good news for crop size. Yeah. Tertiaries is zero crop size. Mm -hmm. So we are going to talk a little bit about bud assessment. 
I wouldn't recommend going out now and doing your butt assessment because you want to give them a couple of days to warm up and see if they're going to push a little more. And the ones that might already be out might just be in that kind of frozen stage <laughs> where they need to warm up a little bit before you can start seeing the desiccation of the tissue. And if you're going to go out and do that and you're going to take some buds, I would highly suggest it taking about 100 buds. It makes it easy for your percentage when you try to figure out how many are still there. Take 100 different buds taking, I don't know if you're just going to check the area that you think you got hit, but I would definitely grab the variability. Bring yeah. them into the house. Don't look at them right away. There's two ways you can do this. I prefer the dissecting of the bud. So I prefer, you have to leave them warm up about 24 to 48 hours. So like I said, that dying tissue can start to show that death as they warm up. And if not, if you want to do it by pushing them in water, then you're going to have to cut the canes and push them in water and count what actually pushes after a couple of days. But I prefer that you cut the canes. That's just the way that I can. I'm an instant gratification girl as well. So I want to see it. And I have some information here that I could lead you to if you're listening to this on a podcast. Again, I would select 100 buds. You need a sharp razor blade. Be very careful. I'm sure if you're an adult listening to this, I don't have to give you that. Watch your fingers. Oh, there's some, I'm just going to share my screen for those who are watching this as a video blog. Some research out there by Tom Zabadal and also Martin Goffinay. Martin Goffinay, you can find his information and we, I'm going to put this in the, um, Kevin, we can just put this underneath. Yes. The website, but if you yes. are listening to this on a podcast, you want to grab your pen and paper now if you want to write this down. <laughs> it is hort, H-O-R-T dot Cornell dot E-D-U forward slash Goffin-A, which is spelled G-O-F-F-I-N-E-T forward slash anatomy underscore of underscore winter, underscore injury, underscore high, just H-I, underscore R-E-S dot PDF. That is yeah, the actual... I can't believe you just went through that whole thing. Yeah, right? Now They're going to have to rewind a couple, wrote it down. a couple times. <laughs> the other thing is, is we had a really significant freeze event, frost event, excuse me, frost event in 2012. Um, there are pictures of bud dissections that Luke Haggerty took on our CCE website, lergp.cce. So you can you can go into the historical information there and find images of what normal buds look like, damaged buds and dead buds. Um, he, he actually took, I think, better pictures than what we're looking at here, but uh, I think that was probably the nature of, I mean, I don't wanna take anything away from Luke. He, he did work hard to get those pictures, but he, um, he he had a, a nice camera and some of this research is a little old so uh camera technology probably wasn't and and uh internet technology probably wasn't what it is now so so maintaining the quality of those images was probably a little more challenging back then so that's what i would suggest uh checking out our websites to to track this information down but go ahead jen so what you are, and there's also some really good podcasts out there, or I'm sorry, YouTube videos out there by Hans Walter Peterson, our counterpart yeah. in the Lake, I almost said the Lake Erie region, in the Finger Lakes region. And he actually goes through the dissection of the buds. So you're going to take your hundred buds and you're actually just going to cut off the cross section. And you want to 
take off the tip first and then a little bit more. You, what we want to do is it's a compound bud. There are three buds in there formed and last year's growing season. As soon as those buds are opening up and the sun and start hitting it, the vine starts creating the buds for the next year. So that whole growing season that's already there during the dormant season ready for this year. Compound bud means there are three buds. There's a primary, secondary, and tertiary. Primary is your full crop. That's the one that we are concerned about right now, unless you're in those places that we spoke about earlier. That has your full crop in it. Your secondary bud is located below your primary bud. And that has approximately about a third of the crop in there. That's so, hey, we still have a chance. And then there's your tertiary bud, which is located above that primary bud. And that's basically just vegetation so that you can photosynthesize and get your sugars and carbohydrates for the next year. As you're, what you want to look for when you dissect it is green tissue. We want to see those primary buds, a nice green tissue. If you see that it's starting to be either an olive green, brown, or black, then that's really not a good sign. That's pretty much it's death. So then you want to look at your secondary buds and see that there's green tissue there. Yeah, the Again, only other thing I would add is if you've never done this before, check out some of those YouTube videos from Hans. Right. Um, you can see in, in the picture that Jen's showing, uh, and if you can't see the picture, I'll, I'll just describe it, but they are just barely starting to get through that woody part in A, and you're starting to see the outline of the primary. Uh, if you have a tendency to cut a little bit too deep, what we see is either it's very difficult to identify which bud you're looking at, whether it's a primary or a secondary, or a lot of times it's just diagnosed as dead. So you wanna make sure that you're cutting at the right depth. Uh, so check out those videos if, if this is something you're gonna do. Right, a little bit at a time, just take the top tip off first and like tiny little slices of the bud as you get closer down to the paradigm. I do have something else I wanna share actually. Uh, the other thing I would add to that um, is just, we were really cold, uh, Forceville, Versailles, um, and even in Harbor Creek at the escarpment, hours and hours at 27 degrees. Uh, and I think Jen mentioned we hit 25 as a low. So th the, the advice to sit and wait to do your assessment is really good advice if you're actually trying to do an assessment to see what your buds look like and what percentage you lost. Uh, but that is not to say that you can't go out and find damage almost right away. Right. Uh, because when... When these things aren't damaged, but they're really, really dead, and it, it's funny that there's like that there's a, a variance of how dead something can be. Um, you know, I've heard some grower reports, and it's not surprising. We see this in in really bad years sometimes. But you just get that bud to thaw out, and it it starts to get crunchy because it got completely dehydrated. So this is not to say that you can't find damage. It's just to say that some of that more subtle damage. Uh, it might be a little hidden right now. So right. that's why we wait before we do a formal assessment. The other thing, thank you, Kevin, for that yep. clarification. The other thing that I wanted to show is, or promote. So we'll give you a sake a little bit of owie. <laughs> we have our coffee pots coming up, our coffee pot series that we run through the May, June, and July months of the growing season. They start next week, Wednesday. You do need to register you need to register on our website, cce.lergp.com. And then you'll give be prompted to put in your pesticide recertification 
or pesticide applicator license. It is Monday morning. I've been dealing with cold temperatures and worried growers. It has been a rough start to this day. So I apologize for the stuttering. <laughs> so you need to, if you're looking for pesticide recertification credits, cause you can get one for Pennsylvania and one for New York state at every coffee pot meeting, then you need to submit the appropriate information in order to do so that we have to go send to the DEC after that. Well, now that being said, I don't know if any of you went to coffee pot meetings last year. It will be a little bit different this year. For the most part, they're a little more lenient and they've, they've come around to this virtual type of education because they had to because COVID just didn't go away. So uh, you, I don't think you actually have to register this year. Is that correct, Jen? We can just give you the link, but you won't get any credits. If you want credits, you have to register. Right. right. So last year you had to register whether you needed credits or not. Uh, this year, we are going to be able to have a, sort of a communal link. That link will not be individual like it was last year. And I don't know if any of you remember this, but you couldn't really use somebody else's link very effectively. So we will we will share that link with everybody who does not want credits if you need it. Um, we, we probably won't share it widely because we don't necessarily want people um, getting in there and expecting credits when they're not going to get it. So we do want to encourage you to register and just know that you'll need to do that if you want credits. Also, you will only need to register once. Right. If you want credits. And then when we have the virtual meeting on every Wednesday, if you want credits for that particular meeting, you just have to sign in the, ch in the chat box. And do a few other things, but yes. Right. But yeah, your sign-in will be during the meeting, not, not a re-registration. So they do start next Wednesday, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Again, we'll have that link available. We'll probably send out the text message and an email and that will be available for you. But we have a guest speaker on the very first one and it's Dr. Katie Gold from Cornell University. She has replaced Wayne Wilcox as plant pathologist. And she has recently posted or published her annual grape disease control update for spring 2021. What it is, is an article that discusses the news and updates to fungicides labeled in New York since 2020 and reintroduce the major grapevine diseases in New York and relevant recent research findings. Say that five times fast on a Monday morning. Discuss the cultural practices that can reduce disease inoculum in vineyards and outline the basics of a strong management program at different growth stages. She's gonna go through this. If you have gone through it, we've posted it, we've given it in our newsletter that for this month, and we've given you the information to read it, I highly suggest going through. If you have questions, now is the time to ask the person who published it herself. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I'm going to say, and I think it's a good thing um, personally, but if you, if you scroll down, if you're watching the video, you can see what we're looking at is the outline of the, of the newsletter. It's 24 pages long. That's, that sounds like a lot because it is, uh, but it's not 75 pages long. So what that means is I think it's giving you the information you need if you're already informed, but there could actually be a question in here. Uh, I think some of the older newsletters that Wayne did when they started hitting 80 or 90 pages, I'm not sure there could be a question. I think he had already thought of everything, but the problem is then you have to get through 80 or 90 pages and remember it all. So take a take a read through this. It will not take as long. And you may have a specific question about FAMOPSIS or a new material or calibration. And she's going to be at this coffee pot to handle those questions. So I think this is a great way to roll out this kind of newsletter. 
Uh, so, so read it and join us. And, you know, I guess if you don't read it, you can, you're certainly more than welcome to join us. I'm not saying you actually have homework that you're going to get yelled at for not doing, but. <laughs> yeah, she's going to talk about it either way. So you, right. you don't read it. You can actually hear about it then. So, <laughs> so Kevin, do you have something to talk about? I do. And I think I mentioned it at the beginning. Um, you know, I think a lot of growers last year might've been a little bit exhausted by all of the I guess legislation related to COVID in general, it wasn't all money. Some of it was rules and there were a lot of rules and um, hopefully growers had COVID plans to make sure that their employees didn't get infected. And, you know, that was on the books as, as law that you know, didn't really get enforced. I mean, there's a lot of things not getting enforced right now because of COVID, uh, you know, people aren't just roaming around doing inspections, it appears to me. Uh, but but that being said, I mean, that was all good stuff, sort of, in the sense that I think, you know, I, you know, I think we all wanted to keep our employees safe. But the other side of that was there was a lot of funding roaming around. And, you know, we've had a number of rounds of federal COVID relief. So this does continue to evolve. And part of that evolution is, uh, you know, they place restrictions on this funding. And all of a sudden it goes from running out in a week when there are no restrictions to, you know, it doesn't get spent right away. And then all of a sudden there's there's concern that maybe it would never get spent with that that many restrictions. So they start rolling back restrictions. Uh, so what this means is, uh, number one, uh, EIDL, which stands for Economic Injury Disaster Loan, that is a a somewhat low interest rate loan uh, in, in normal times, 3.75% would be considered extraordinarily low. If you got a real estate loan in the last couple of years, you might not think that's super low, uh, but uh, anything over $25,000 is going to require collateral. Specifically to agriculture, it can be assessed against things like equipment. So using your equipment as collateral for a 30-year loan at 3.75% is actually pretty low. I mean, you're not going to get that anywhere else. It's a 30-year loan. Your equipment's not going to last 30 years, so you are going to have some headaches with, um, you know, making sure you let SBA know as you replace your harvester, because they're going to want to know all that stuff for anything that is collateral. The news here is not the 3.75% or the collateral. That was already all figured out. The news is you can now get up to $500,000 that is uh, about four times larger than the old maximum. There were businesses not interested in applying at all, at all because if you're a medium-sized business or even, a, I guess, a large, small business, $100,000 really isn't a lot. Um, it is for me personally, but but as a, as a business, that's a little more questionable. So, so they raised that. And if you've already applied, they're gonna contact you and just ask if you want more money. Um, and again, you're going to have to have collateral to get that money. Uh, if you haven't applied yet, and the reason you didn't apply was because, I don't know, you hadn't heard of it or of the loan or, or you decided that you um, didn't want it because it was $100,000, uh, you, you can apply and you'll automatically, you'll automatically be eligible to qualify for that higher amount. So, Kevin, is there anything that you have to have in order to apply? Like, I know you said the collateral, but I mean, any... Anybody can apply for this? Um, so, apply? so it sort of depends. There are restrictions on um, who qualifies. I, I guess I would say I I wouldn't get into those restrictions too much because it depends on when when you apply. Uh, 
So there, there have been times when you could apply regardless of the nature of your business. There were issues getting agricultural people to, to apply. They were supposed to be eligible and for a while they weren't, but that was actually just a programming error on the website. They were actually eligible. Oh, um, there are, there are sort of extra things where um, you might even get more money. So it's called targeted advance. These are small payments that you don't have to pay back. Uh, and those do require that you live in a low or your business operates in a low income community or you had a loss last year, um, a, a reduction in revenue um, during an eight week period between March 2nd, 2020 or later. So I have no idea as a farmer how you would document revenue lost in an eight week period. Uh, so I would just apply and see what you could come up with. Um, we don't do our books monthly and most of what they're looking for is tax data. So um, I'm not sure how that would work. I do know that there are areas in our growing re region, a number of them that are considered low income communities. Mm -hmm. So that, that might be a possibility for them. The other thing I wanted to mention, this is going to sound weird. Why, why are you mentioning this? We're, you know, we're talking about, this is between the vines. Um, the restaurant revitalization fund. This is a fund to help restaurants. And here's the thing, other eligible businesses stay open. They are eligible to receive uh, funding related to their revenue losses, up to $10 million per business, but 5 million per physical location. Most of the businesses we're gonna discuss have one physical location. We do have some that have more than one. This is for wineries and distilleries, breweries, brew pubs, tap rooms, tasting rooms. So now you can see how it's connected to between yeah. the vines. Um, and really any licensed facility that sells uh, or premises of a beverage alcohol producer where the public may taste, sample or purchase products. So the really wide definition of what a tasting room is. Um, the on-site sales to the public must be 33% of gross receipts. That could be an issue for some businesses, although I, I'm willing to bet that a lot of those businesses that have gross receipts that are not to the public at that venue may have multiple businesses. So if they, if they do, they may qualify anyway. The tasting room might be its own business. Yeah, but is that for the last season, like for the last year? Because they couldn't have on-site during the last year. No, so they're looking, well, Yes and no. So what they're looking at is the reduction in revenue. So they'd be looking at the year prior. Okay. Uh, and you can apply at sba.gov. Um, you're gonna need tax returns from multiple years, whether that's a Schedule F or an 1120, um, you know, or a K-1 if you're a partnership or whatever, you know, you know what your tax returns are, or if you don't, when you look at them, you'll see them. Uh, and bank statements as well, and that, and that might be how they get to some of the revenue is, I'm not sure how they're gonna do that, but um, it's a fairly straightforward application process. There is a meeting that Ulster County is offering tomorrow oh, in nice. terms of getting more information about this. So Ulster County Cooperative Extension, it's right on their, right on their homepage. It's a Zoom meeting that you can register for. Um, and their economic development team is putting that together. So there, if you need that, um, you know, I think a lot of our growers were actually able to, to navigate most of these programs on their own with the exception of PPP. 
that paycheck that paycheck protection program that was a little difficult because those loans were being administered by private entities like banks and PayPal. That was a lot harder to navigate because of that extra wrinkle. So restaurant revitalization fund is somewhat new. Uh, it's a few weeks old. And then the major change that just happened was the EIDL. If you already have an EIDL, these changes, they're just going to contact you. So you don't have to do anything. It may take a little while. Um, but what I would say from uh, what I've heard from other people that have been contacted by them, make sure you check your spam filter. They're not going to call you seven times. Uh, they did do that last summer. They were doing a lot of phone calls. I have not heard where they're doing that now. So make sure you check your email because those communications have been streamlined to be more affordable is, is my observation. Um, you may have re already received contact from SBA and just missed it. Um, so check your, either it's called a spam folder or a junk email. Make sure you right, right. And if, you know, if you need some help with a computer, probably someone in your family can help you out. But just so you know, if you've ever done SBA, whether it's EIDL or one of the other programs that they're administering, you automatically got set up for an account with them. Uh, you probably forgot about it, but you've got a username and password. So you can go in and look and see what communication has been sent to you if your spam folder, you know, permanently deleted it or whatever. Okay. So it, it is there, uh, but most people aren't checking it regularly. So that's yeah. that's about all I have for that. I mean, the good news is it's it is technically, uh, you know, heavily subsidized funding if you need it. Uh, some of our wineries, that might be really important for them. Uh, some oh. wineries, I think, did really well, but... But I'm glad COVID, that you had good news because <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was COVID not a ray of sunshine this morning. COVID really hit out our, of the woods. I right. mean, COVID really hit our industry in very different ways. Some people really felt some pain and some people kind of shrugged it off. And, you know, great prices have been high. Commodities have been doing really well. So so really just disparate impacts. So, you know, if, if this is critical to you, you know, no harm in, in trying to get a program like this. I mean, it's really going to compensate you for a good percentage of your COVID related losses if you're eligible. So, so go for it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is nice that we have a little bit of good news during, uh, you know, freeze week. Yeah. It's only for <laughs> April 26th and we can get frost freeze events up through. Oh yeah. 20th, so we're not out of the woods yet. We'll, no. we'll keep doing this and keep you updated over the next few weeks. Thank you again for joining us. You know, if you're from a different region, hopefully you've got better weather. Although I've heard, you know, that's not always the case this past week or so. It really depends on where you're at. And there, there's been some other lousy weather here and there. So we're just going to have to make the most of it and control what we can control. That's right. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out the way you normally do. And again, thanks for joining us. Take care.